Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up, To The Point listeners? Cristiano here, your host of To The Point Home Services podcast. And also, for those who have never listened, this is your first time, welcome. I'm also the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company only for the trade since 2008. We just had our birthday like a few days ago. So, big deal. Been at it for, for quite some time. Uh, and my host, as usual, is on here, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, my friend? Hey, good to see you, Chris. Um, hey, real quick for the listeners who are, are not, um, you know, streaming this and can't see, why don't you describe to them the kind of the more aerodynamic look you're going with this week? You're looking a little more, what's under the lid there, Chris? You do a little at-home haircut? Yeah, so um, thanks, Paul. I, I certainly appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I wore a hat on purpose. Um, actually, I look, I, I look a tad bit different. Um, as I think a lot of people I've seen on Zoom calls, hair's getting a little out of control, with the exception of our guest, who's looking so fresh and so clean. <laughs> um, but I had, a, uh, I had quite the mop going on, and so I challenged our director of digital marketing, who had a lot of hair, saying, you cut your hair, I'll cut my hair. And I ne- didn't think he would cut his hair. He sends me a picture on Sunday night of his bald head. And so I'm like, damn it. Here we go. So... I looks shaved good. the head. It looks good. Looks good. I feel a little like Edward Norton in uh, American History X. <laughs> or you, maybe, maybe, maybe it's like I'm thinking of Fight Club. Maybe a Fight Club, Edward Norton. Yeah, you, you kind of you showed up to work on Monday with a little chip on your shoulder with the new haircut. So I like it. And um, uh, since you just described me as wearing a helmet, I will share that <laughs> I'm waiting. So clippers are back ordered on Amazon. So I've got some nice clippers headed my way eventually, but no, I'm just um, mopping it up over here. Man, don't need, like you go to a hairstylist. I go to a barber. There's a difference, buddy. I go to my wife's, <laughs> uh, my wife's stylist to support her business. Okay. Okay. Whatever. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. I want to yes. introduce our, our guests. Um, actually, I, we were talking about this uh, pre-podcast that... Our paths have crossed for multiple years, but we've never actually met. Now you and Chuck have met, but we we haven't. Um, that being said, we've worked with the we've worked with his company for quite a while. I mean, a lot of our customers utilize uh, the company, and so inadvertently, our paths have crossed the temple. We've never actually met, so I'm glad to have him on the podcast, Paul. I appreciate you teeing this up. I think it's is a uh, uh, especially in times like now, you have to. You, you have to pivot and be creative in what you're doing and things that you're offering. And because of our listeners are 99% are in the home services industry. Um, I believe this will be applicable to them. And, and the hope is that this takeaway from uh, the podcast is that you actually have some tactical things that you can implement now or begin to implement as we move through COVID that maybe you weren't using before. Cause um, you know, Nothing changes if nothing changes. So if something's not working and you don't make a change, you got to do something. And this is certainly a good option when you talk about financing. So let me go ahead and introduce our, our, our guest. He's the Vice President of Business Development at Service Finance Company based out of Boca Raton, Florida. Is that right, Chuck? That's right. Sunny well, South Chuck, Florida, baby. 
Chuck Upshur, welcome to the welcome to to the point ho, uh, podcast, brother. We're glad to have you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, so you know, uh, one thing can... I did. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, the one thing that's that's really important. You know, I'm really excited about talking here is because you know I've dedicated my whole adult life um, in the home improvement industry. You know, coming from in-home sales straight into the finance. So it, it, it's really exciting to be able to talk to you and, and really give you some tips on how to incorporate finance um, in your business um, throughout this call. So how long have you been, so how long have you been like in, you said finance, I say finance, which one is it? Is that a Western East Coast, West Coast thing? Uh, tomato, tomato, same thing. Boca <laughs> Raton, Boca Raton. <laughs> I think fancier. in the in the Midwest, it's called finance. finance. <laughs> uh, so, how long have you been in the in that in like in the actual finance space? Since 2011, uh, I was in the home improvement business uh, in home sales ever since I got out of college. So that's pretty much all I've known my whole adult life. I've sold in the house. I really, you know, I, I loved making money selling in the home, and then got introduced to an opportunity with finance in 2011, and I've been. Uh, with service finance since then. Wow. Okay. So, man, you you so you put in some you put in some time, man. You earned that VP of BDF. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is what has your role been like since 2011? I know that the whole industry has changed and has grown so much from them. What's that What's that journey been like? Well, it's interesting because uh, in 2011, uh, when I joined Service Finance, we were a smaller company. And really just specialize in, in FHA Title I lending, which today we, we, we don't even do any Title I lending. We've moved into a super prime lender um, sometime in late 2012. So we've really grown the company over the years. But more importantly, we started back then with one loan program. And now today we have 60 different loan programs as they've evolved. Because the one thing we do here, especially coming from the in-home selling side of it, as we always try to find loan programs that can help close at the kitchen table. So the one important thing, I'm just not a finance guy that says, here's an interest rate, here's a piece of paper, uh, go out there and figure it out. We strategically pick loan programs that will help close at the kitchen table that also will you know, help the customer from an affordability standpoint. Perfect. And, and I know years ago, you know, a lot of your effort and energy was training, coaching and developing businesses to go out and offer financing for the first time. But here we are 2020. And there are still people who are unsure, unclear. I'll give you a perfect example. We're in um, many different private groups. And I see people posting all the time saying, hey, I'm thinking about offering financing. What are the pros and cons? And Chris and I behind the scenes are like, this is unbelievable. And this is part of the reason we invited you on. So talk to me about, um, you know, companies who have not integrated financing yet. Like wh what are some things you're seeing or hearing out there that are helping people get over that hump? Well, that's a great question. And especially over the last three or four weeks, we've been inundated with a lot of contractors who've even ne never offered it um, because of the times that we're in. But I always like to, to tell people, I'd like want you to think of finance of you personally on how you live your life. How do you purchase things? How did you buy your car? How did you buy your house? How did you, you know, uh, go pay for your vacation? And, and, and people think, well, I'm in a more affluent market and our customers typically pay cash. And there's a question I always like to ask them is, is the customer truly paying cash or is it the affluent customer that has an open line of credit 
at their local bank where they go to the bank get the money. That means that the customer's financing a transaction or that customer that's the more affluent uh, buyer that uh, leases their car. Leasing a car is a form of financing. So we have to make sure that when we're talking to every customer, you know, and, and home improvements can range anywhere on the average ticket from, you know, in the home services and the HVAC business, you know, seven and $9,000. And as you venture into, you know, bigger home improvements like roofing and windows and things of that sort, those ticket sizes can get to 10, 15, 20,000 average ticket. So how is that consumer going to pay for it? Are they going to write you a check for $15,000? Look at the industry right now as we're talking and how they are allowing people. We've been in this pandemic 30 days in the amount of consumers who are forbearing their mortgage, who are you know, calling their credit card company, who's calling their, 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 their bank to get a, a payment relief on their car payment. But yet we go into their house 30 days ago and we expect them to write us a check for $10,000. So it, today, uh, financing is more important than it's ever been because we have to think of it from an affordability standpoint and not it, a customer running to their bank or a customer pulling out their credit card and trying to pay for it. That's, that's so true. And can you, you, you mentioned about people deferring their mortgage payments and car payments. Are you seeing anything in the industry related to that right now, or is it still too early to tell as it relates to maybe ability to borrow and things like that? We haven't seen uh, any really um, uh, things pertaining to the forbearance or the payments yet. I think we're still a little too early into it. Um, but what I do know is that uh, with the unemployment going, you know, 30 million in the last 30 days, we're going to see it coming up soon. So I think uh, financing now is more important than ever, but also too, to what kind of programs are out there. From a, from a lending standpoint that you can offer that's new and exciting to get your customers comfortable with moving forward with their home improvement or their new HVAC system or their, you know, their windows or, or roofing project. Got it. And, and speaking of specific programs, what are you, are you seeing any changes in the type of borrowing behaviors with consumers or is it pretty much like you've got these wheelhouse offers that, that make a lot of sense at the kitchen table? What's working right now? Well, we came out with a new loan program kind of in response to the COVID-19, which has become extremely popular because there's a couple things that COVID-19 has, has really brought to light. And I want to kind of touch on a few of those points. The first one is the uncertainty in the economy. You know, as we go home and, you know, people are sitting in front of the television, regardless of what channel you have it on, all you hear about is COVID-19 and the economy and the stock market going up and down all over the place with no consistency on what's going on. So in the back of their mind, whether that be a customer with a 401k or a customer who was just recently laid off, they're, they're uncertain on what's going on. But then also to the more fluent customer that we've seen in the past. 60 days ago, the customer that might have written you a check for ten dollars or $15,000 has changed because now what we're seeing is that their cash flow is being disrupted. But then it even goes a step further. Now it's about affordability. How can I make this home improvement affordable? How can I replace my HVAC system today when it's, you know, it's 85 and as we get into the warmer season, what can I do? So what we did at Service Finance is we came out with a new loan program and we called it the COVID-19 uh, response loan. And what that loan program does is it gives payment relief. And more than payment relief, it gives them time. Because, you know, as, they, as I talked about a few minutes ago, the forbearance, all that's doing is giving people time. What about the car industry right now? 
Go to a car lot. They've got all these programs where they're deferring your payment for 90 days or they're uh, paying your payment for the first six months. All that's doing is giving people time. But more importantly uh, than time, it's the ability and creating urgency to still buy today. So that's why we came out with our loan program, which gives the customer six months of no payment no interest accruing, where it then can uh, uh, convert to a, a low monthly payment that they can then pay over time. So again, it's very important that as we navigate and we're talking to consumers daily, we're giving them the ability uh, to make a decision based off how affordable we can make it, but more importantly, giving the consumer time to pay for it later. Perfect, perfect. And I wanna transition now into types of buyers. Um, I wanna talk about personas, but before I go there, I wanna share a story. So. Um, I've got a guy, I've got an HVAC guy that I use here locally. Um, I won't say his name on the radio, but anybody can text me locally who's listening to this. I'll share him with you. He's my guy. He's the guy who will show up at your house on midnight Christmas Eve and take care of you, right? And collect later. Well, one of my neighbors um, lives in a beautiful home and he needed to replace his system. And so I referred my guy. So my guy went out, my guy did what my guy does. And a couple weeks later, I look at my neighbor's backyard and he's got, I won't say the name brand, but it wasn't the name brand that my guy puts in. He didn't put in the system for my guy. And so as I asked him about it, what happened was, is he uh, went with another company that offers financing. It's a large company here. But I think what drove that decision was pride, right? And I don't mean that in a bad way, but he didn't, my neighbor didn't come back to me and say, um, hey, I don't have $15,000 right now. I don't have $10,000. No one wants to tell their neighbor that. That's nobody's business. But he picked up the phone and called someone who he didn't know, didn't trust, um, and really doesn't have that great of a reputation, but they had a nice financing deal. So I tell you that story um, to kind of tee up this next question, which is about financing personas. And here's what I mean by that. Um, most of the contractors that I've talked to over my career have a binary mindset around financing. They're like, oh, they're a cash buyer, they're a financing buyer. And those are the two worlds. But there's way more than two worlds in the financing space, right? There's different types of financing buyers. Can you walk me through those types of buyers? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is gonna be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with SmartAC.com. You've got to check it out now. Yes. So you bring up a great point. As you said, we everyone's been kind of, uh, you know, given the road, road um, way that there's a, either paying cash or you're financing. Go to your local car dealership. All they're going to say is you can get in this car for as low as $3.99 a month, or you're going to write me a check. But you have to really break down the finance consumer, and there are two types of customers who finance. And the first one is what we refer to call as a promo buyer. A promo buyer is typically someone that does not want to pay interest. Uh, that could be the affluent customer that wants to really spread out the payments over a period of time. Let's just say 12 months because, you know, they, they, they don't want to disrupt their cash flow. They want to take that $10,000 purchase and spread it out and pay an equal payment every month. 
But then also we have the payment buyer. And that's the customer who typically buys on payment, which is the majority of the consumers today. So some of the sales tools that we have and that we give our, our dealers and, and contractors out there is something that they can show the customer that basically asks them a simple question. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, uh, we have some short-term options and long-term options. Short-term just meaning promo. Uh, whether that be a 0% interest that's spread out over 12 months, could be spread out over 18 months, that could be a minimum monthly payment that's due every month, or it could be a true same as cash loan that the customer doesn't have to make any payments over that period of time. But then also we had that long-term customer that's really looking for that low monthly payment. And there's also a magical number that's associated with financing in the home improvement space, which a lot of contractors and dealers don't realize. If you have a customer that is a dual income household, and they're bringing in an income. The magical number in home improvement is $150 a month. If I can go to their home and I can keep my payment less than $150 a month, they can make a decision on the spot and not have buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. But more importantly, they don't have to change their behavior. If you give someone a payment of two and three and $400, that's a car payment to some people. That means something dramatically has to change in their life. So we really want to focus on that when we're talking, you know, in that $10,000, $11,000, $12,000 ticket with the right loan program for the payment customer, we can keep it less than $150, which makes it a lot easier for that customer to, to move forward. And that is a great insight for our listeners. And, and there are so many programs I'm sure that you offer that can kind of fit you in that sweet spot, right? Um, let's talk about credit challenged customers. Now, most of the conversations that we're hearing around finance are people kind of hitting a dead end with a consumer. And this is pre COVID. This is just always, um, what are your thoughts or insights around, um, kind of navigating through those situations? What's your experience been in that regard? Got it. And, um, there's been a lot of talk out there lately, especially again, in the last 30 days, a lot of things have come to light. Um, there's, there's various, you know, you know, chat logs and different groups on the internet that are talking about, you know, second chance financing and are they seeing any di differences in their credit approvals and things of that sort. Um, and I always tell people with, uh, without saying specifically how credit is today, if we just turn on the TV and see the stress that COVID-19 has put on people's finances, it's automatically going to have a, a, an adverse reaction which is going to pertain to credit. So we have to think about that. If customers are getting laid off for their jobs, customers are for, forbearing payments, that's telling you that they are having cash strapped issues. Well, that can be a lot of different things. Does that mean that the, the, the lenders are, are going to change their guidelines? Well, some of you heard so are lenders that have changed guidelines. Has service finance changed their guidelines? As of this podcast, we haven't made any changes to our underwriting. We also haven't changed anything pertaining to how, we're, how we're, we're looking at different borrowers. We're not asking them either how their, their finances have changed or what's happened with their job in the last uh, 45 days. We're still underwriting the same as we were 30 days ago, 12 months ago, or even five years ago. But as we navigate through these times, yes, you are gonna see differences in credit. Um, from, a, from an approval standpoint. It's not the lender that's dictating a lot of these things. It's just the consumer themselves. Got it. Now, now, I want you to think about your larger financing customers. So the customers that are the big names that we all know throughout the industry that I know you work very closely with. 
what is their, uh, if you were to take a look at their revenue, like what percentage of that are they running through financing and what are some different behaviors you see that make them successful at offering and, and working with financing? That's, that's another great question. So for, for those of you, for a quick second, I want you to just kind of just, don't close your eyes because you could be driving or something like that, but I want you to think about your business for a second. And I want you to answer, you know, think about this question. If you have a pen or paper, I want you to write it down. What percentage of your business in 2019 was cash? What percentage was credit card? And what percentage was finance? And I want you to think about your business in that aspect of it. Or if you're even a salesperson listening to this, I want you to break it down. How many of your customers are, are using finance? How many of them are actually giving you a credit card? Or how many of them are actually paying cash? But there's, a, there's a, even a deeper a question to ask yourself. Are you even offering the finance? Because what we're finding, the larger organizations are north of 50% in overall finance a business. Some are 60, some are even 70%. And the reason why is because they're offering it. If you're offering finance 100% of the time, not when you pull in and you see a 5,000 square foot house and you see temp tags on a brand new Lexus or Mercedes, and you've already spent that customer's money. I want you to take your hand out of their pocket. You don't know how they buy. So I want to make sure that we're offering finance all the time. If you're, if you answered the question I asked in 10% of your business or less than 10% or your 20% or 30% of your business, it has nothing to do with the market that you're in. It basically has all to do with whether or not you're even offering the finance. If you're waiting for the customer to ask you for finance, it's too late. And the reason being is, is that customers will not ask for finance because of pride. Paul referenced it earlier. If you're not giving that dentist or that doctor a way to pay, they're not going to bring it up. What if your customer's home you go out to today is a dentist? Well, he hasn't practiced in 30 days. Whereas he has no income coming in. Yes, he might have written you a check 60 days ago, but the times have changed dramatically. So to answer your question, Paul, the larger, more successful organizations, and I want you to think about this for a second. Think about the whales in your organ in your markets, and what I what I mean by whale, the the branded companies that are out there on television, that are on the radio, that are out there that you see all the time. What are they offering? Most of them are offering finance. The smaller companies are typically not offering it. If you want to keep up with the bigger companies that have bigger tickets, you need to offer finance. And another misconception: my market's competitive. I'm here to tell you something. Every market's competitive. You're not going to be the cheapest person on the block. If you want to be the cheapest on the block and, you know, compete against Chuck in the truck, no pun intended, then yes, you can, you can go and try to be the lowest price. If you want to compete with the branded 20, 30, 50, $100 million companies that are in your market that probably aren't cheaper than you, you need to offer finance. So we should have a target in mind that you should want finance to be greater than 50% of your overall business. For those who, for those who aren't watching, Chris is just nodding his, his head sitting on the other side here. Just like, yeah, yeah. Preach, preach. Um, Chris, I can toss it over to you or I had one more question unless you wanted to roll with that. Okay, perfect. So talk to me, Chuck, about um, what are some, let's go to the kitchen table. So I want to get very, very tactical here. So take yourself back to the days when you were doing this. 
um, what are some tactical ways that contractors who are not offering financing can integrate that now? And I'll pair that with a statement. You know, back in the day, 10 years ago or so, um, the paperwork was difficult, man. I won't name the big banks, but filling out the paperwork, sending it in, waiting for approval. And you could end up like really, really losing the customer through the process. You can end up losing money because you didn't factor in the cost. Um, so talk to me about the cost, the process. Is it easy? To talk, walk me through that a little bit. Got it. So let's talk about the, the first thing. We're, the number one question we get when uh, someone calls in that's not typically used to offering finance or they've never done it before. And I've had personal calls in the last seven days uh, from some smaller companies because we, we know we, we, we work with companies that do 100000 a year in business to companies that do uh, greater than $500 million a year. So we work with all size companies. But the question that comes up a lot is how do I incorporate you know, financing um, in my pricing because financing isn't free? So what we do, I think about this. I always look at the retail stores. Let's just say Dick's Sporting Goods. Dick's uh, uh, makes their pricing that they, they put on a you know, shirt or the baseball bat or the soccer cleats. They have the, the, the credit card or debit card transaction fees already in their price. They're assuming that every customer is going to give them an American Express. So if the customer walks in and pulls out five $20 bills, then really the cash customer overpaid because you can't go to Dick's Sporting Good and ask for a cash discount. You have to think of your uh, pricing the same way. So for instance, let's just say you're going to go out there and you're going to offer four different programs and the average fee on the programs is 4%. You need to make sure that your price books that you're, that you're having and given to your comfort advisors or sales reps that are in the field accommodates the customer paying uh, the customers, uh, your price accommodating the 4% fee. If the customer wants a cash discount, you can give them a cash discount. There's nothing wrong with that. However, you can't go up in price. It's illegal in a lot of states. But let's get to the kitchen table. How do we talk about finance and how do we present it? I'm going to talk about three programs that are very popular, regardless of the lender that you're using. Some lenders may or may not have uh, one of the programs. But let's just talk about them for a second. Earlier, I was referencing the two type of uh, financing consumers. You have promo customers and you have payment customers. We help with a sales tool that we laminate that's customized with a, your company logo on it where when you're sitting at the customer's kitchen table, the customer visibly can see that your company offers finance. Now, let's talk about those three loan programs. Two of the loan programs are on the short-term side, which are you know the promo customer. The first loan program is what I like to refer to as our 18-month with payments deferred interest loan. What is that? It's an 18-month Deferred interest option where a customer has a minimum monthly payment every month. So let's use a, just use a ten thousand uh, dollar example for all three loan programs. So on the eighteen month zero percent, where a customer has a minimum monthly payment, that means that a customer can have a ten thousand dollar loan. Their minimum payment is roughly around three percent. So let's let's just use for for illustration purpose a three hundred dollar minimum payment. So the customer can take a ten thousand dollar loan. They have to make a minimum payment every month of three hundred dollars. 
sometime during the 18 months, the customer has to pay off the balance in full. That goes back to that customer that's, you know, trying to control their cash flow, but doesn't want to pay any interest so they can spread it out over a period of time. The other loan program that we find on our short-term side is our 12-month true same-as-cash. And the reason why I emphasize true same-as-cash is because we do not accrue any interest to the consumer during the 12 months. So that could be the customer that, you know, has a, a good-paying job that gets a bonus annually. But they want to move forward today get their bonus in December and not pay any interest. So that's a great loan program for that customer. So the affluent customer that's not looking to pay any interest, we give them two options. Then on the right-hand side of our sales tool, again, it's sitting right on the customer's kitchen table. We show them, uh, which, which is a 9.9 fixed interest rate and APR for 120 months with a payment factor of 1.32%. So now that $10,000 a replacement system or that $10,000 roof or $10,000 window job can be done for $132 a month. So now it brings me underneath my threshold of the 150 I talked about earlier, but what it does, it doesn't allow me to forget to offer the finance. If the tool is sitting on the table because customers fall out of their chair when we give them pricing, let's be, let's be frank. They think everything costs $5,000. It doesn't cost $5,000. It's $10,000. I know when you replaced your HVAC system in 1989, it was $2,000. But today, it's $12,000. So we have to make sure we're showing the customer the finance options every single time so we don't forget as a salesman or a comfort advisor to prejudge. If you're a salesperson or in your type A like me, it's in our DNA to prejudge people. The sales tool will allow you to offer the finance without even offering and allow the customer to bring it up, which now is not, uh, uh, you know, making them embarrassed or, or offending their pride. So true. Chris, what is the, uh, what's something you financed over the years that you didn't think you were going to, I'm really putting you on the spot here. What's something you were, fi you financed that you went to pay cash for and you ended up financing and it worked out well. And you're on mute, but I'll tell you my story. So I, um, I'm a cyclist. I like mountain bikes. I like bikes in general. And uh, I went to my bike shop to buy the specific bike that I had been researching. And I'll just, I mean, we're, we're open. I'll tell you how much it was. It was $3,500 spec for spec. I'd been looking at this thing for a year. And uh, when I got there, it was as simple as them saying, hey, did you see this bike? Now, this next bike was $5,000, completely out of my wheelhouse. But they had a six-month financing deal. And it felt so good not to drop that 4000 or that $3,500 or whatever right on the spot and then just deal with it six months later. It was awesome. It was a good story. I don't know that I've, uh, I have a, a good finance story, to be quite honest with you, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I don't typically do most of that for my family. Um, that being said. Now you wouldn't know. You just have air conditioning. Thanks, Anna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I've uh, I do thankfully have got I've got a great finance team here at Rhino and, and <laughs> fortunately for me it's led by my wife so I am in a very lucky position. Um, but I uh, what when um, Chuck keeps talking like I'm eating it up because I look at this as 
Rhino being a straight up lead generation company, our job is to bring customers into the site, get them to call us in the contact form to do business. Like once they get in the home, it's on them. That being said, we still like to chase that thing down. And for us, one of the tactics that we use that I think we might have brought up on the previous episode or the one before, whatever, we use it all the time is I love to use this call to action because it works so well. And it sounds something like $450 off early AC installation as low as $79 a month or $100 a month, whatever the contractor wants to use. It works so well because you can appeal to two different types of buyers, the person looking for the big chunk off or the person looking for the auto finance methodology of the $79 a month. Now, clearly it's going to be based on a couple different things too: their credit, what they're actually installing in the home, like whatever it is. But the purpose is you let the, you let the consumer know there's a couple options before they've ever even called you or uh, send a contact form to talk to you. So it's trying to encourage them that, hey, even if you got that pride thing going on, we have a solution for you. And so it's okay to give us a call because we've worked with others like you. Now, one thing that we've, we've done, I mean, this has been years of running this offer and it, it's worked so successful for straight up install business for the HVAC contractors for years. It's never changed. It's always been a great way to offer it. So having good finance partners is a huge piece of this is people that can actually execute on some of those offerings. But I also believe if you have a specific type of product that you want to offer or brand that you want to offer or model that you want to offer, then you would make those numbers match closest as you can to whatever that offering would be. But you got to have a good finance partner to be able to accomplish and actually execute on that call to action. So I love that you're going down this path sharing about the payment buyers and the promo buyers. Like I'm learning stuff on this podcast that's going to help me help my design team navigate through call to actions. Chuck, let's talk a little bit about, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and I, I want to add something there because because I'm a firm believer of reducing things to the ridiculous and people self-realizing. The easiest way to sell someone is have them self-realize. So I was just tell you a quick story of someone I was talking about. Um, and in a lot of times, what happens as salespeople, we kind of we put our hand in people's pocket and we don't really think about it. So I, I had a, a, a actually a territory manager for one of the large uh, manufacturers that we deal with. We were sitting in a training that I was doing one day and where the light bulb or where I always like to say the self-realization went off is he's, he said, I have to tell this story. I had just bought this brand new home and he went down to the, the, you know, mattress firm or whatever the place was to buy a mattress. You know, we don't think about, you know, uh, uh, financing a mattress. No, who thinks of it? I mean, people think about it. That's why they're offering the, the option to finance a mattress for $500. So he ends up going down to the, to the local mattress firm or mattress uh, store to buy a new brand new mattress for his master bedroom. He gets down there, you know, he's planning on paying for it with his credit card. They were telling him that he had this special going on with the finance offer. He ended up buying four new mattresses for every single bedroom in the home. And he took advantage of their 0% financing. And that's where the light bulb went off in his head and said, I've never thought of it that way. He was thinking of buying a mattress for wherever the number was, $1,500, going there, give him a credit card or a debit card or something like that, and leaving there spending four, five, six thousand $6,000 in mattresses, and it upsold him because financing is a way to increase your average ticket. So that's another uh, um, function that you should be making sure you're offering in your business because it will increase your overall dollar amount by offering um, on every job. Oh, yeah. 
what kind of impact do you see on product mix? Do you see consumers doing just what I did, opting for better efficiency equipment, more technology? I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. Yes, no different than when you go to the car dealership. You have a budget in mind. You know, go there, you say, oh, you tell, you're on your way down there, and I'm type A. I am the worst in the easiest sell, sell of all time. If you can sell me anything, you know, you go in there to the car dealership and you, the, the weaker person always to say it's you. And you tell your wife, you know, we're not going over four ninety nine a month. We're just not going to do it. So you go in there and you leave with $800 car pay. <laughs> it's because what, what happens is, is that you get your car, you test drive has everything that you didn't want, whether that be heated seats or air conditioned seats, you know, backup camera, you know, fold in mirrors and you get back to the F and I department and they say, well, you know, customers just like you typically get this too. And all you start saying is, well, how much more is it a month? Oh, perfect. Well, you know, in a scenario like this, I can do this. And all you start getting the, uh, accustomed to is saying, well, how much more is it a month? And before you know it, your payment's $800 and you're so happy. But you have no idea. You just spent $75,000 for the car. You went there looking to buy a $30,000 car. You leave with an $80,000 car. But you have no idea because you're on a monthly payment. So we have to think about it from selling HVAC, whether it be a high efficiency uh, system, whereby increasing the sale price, the customer's getting extra efficiencies because it, the equipment's better and things like that. Or the, you know, if you're out there selling windows and going to a different glass package, because this is going to, you know, knock out the energy of the sun and the radiant uh, uh, temperatures coming off the glass. So you have to think about it of a way to get the customer to, uh, you know, buy better products for their home. But by offering the finance, you make it affordable, and, and a byproduct of that is the customer will ultimately increase and sell themselves on a the better product. And you are, you are absolutely right. So I want to talk about the, uh, the people who are listening who haven't offered finance because of the procedural changes in their business, right? The paperwork and, and all of that. That's a little bit easier these days too, right? Yes, uh, we've become com a completely paperless process, which actually goes well with, um, you know, the social distancing that's going on right now. Um, I've, I've, heard, I've been talking to a lot of contractors a lot. I mean, I speak to a lot of CEOs and managers and owners of large companies, you know, just getting feedback as in, because I, I travel, well, I used to travel a lot all around the country and I get to do a lot of trainings and talk and, you know, I really can get a lot of insights to different owners in different markets and, you know, across different verticals of home improvement on what they're seeing. And a, a lot of things with the, with, the, with the virtual selling that's going on today or selling that HVAC system on the front porch and the customer standing on the porch and you're standing in the driveway, um, it's completely paperless. It gives you the ability to submit the credit uh, via a, a, a link or a computer or a mobile device, whether that be an iPad or Android tablet or phone. It can give a customer or you know a decision in less than 15 seconds the customer can electronically sign their documents online. So we really can, can function well with the social distancing that's going on. So you could actually go to a customer's house, present a product, present the financing. Customer can, can get approved within seconds. They can go on their computer, sign their documents electronically with you never even having to touch them. So Chuck, so you talking a lot about working with one of our strategic partners on is we, we rolled out this uh, no contact service called badge for all of our customers it was on their site to let people know ahead of time that they don't have to have any contact for them to take care of them in the home. 
So the dots we are trying to connect on that is as we went through this COVID-19 mess that there's these virtual sales call happening. So you may not even be at the kitchen table physically. You might be at the kitchen table virtually and you can still connect the dots from, you can do no contact service call. You could do a, bit, a pitch for a new installation on a system and do all the financing right like you and I and Paul are doing on our, on our screens, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, and it's quick. I mean, everything can be done in less than two minutes. So it's, it's not that the process has gotten more cumbersome or more difficult or to deal with. It's just as easy with pre pre uh, social distancing. And now it's just made the process very fluid. The customer's more comfortable. And again, it gives them uh, the comfort to go ahead and move forward today. Love it. Chuck, have you seen anyone have some success with kind of pre-qualification, like prior to getting to the house um, and incorporating that into the way they communicate with customers before they even send someone? Yes, I've seen, I've seen companies do it that way. I've seen companies without it. People have their different opinions on it. You know, my opinion, I'm not a big fan of it. And then the reason I'm not a big fan of it, uh, I like to throw things up against the wall to see what sticks. If I'm going to throw them all of the mud up there, something's going to stick. Um, and what happens is that sometimes the pre-judging comes in where a customer doesn't get pre-approved for financing, but that customer has the ability to write you a check or that customer has the ability to give you their credit card. And it really changes the view of it, now you become the credit expert in, well, that customer does not pre-approve, so therefore I'm not going to run it. And therefore you could miss the opportunity of getting another, another customer approved or another customer that could be, could be a cash buyer. So yes, I mean, it, it, it can help, but I think sometimes people become too dependent on it, which kind of makes them ultimately um, kind of start, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, cut corners and kind of shortcut the process. Yeah. It, yeah. Makes, it, it makes me think of uh, that's, I'm glad you guys brought that up because I always will say to our sales team, don't spend the customer's money for them. It's not our agenda. It's their agenda. Um, you can be a, you know, a two person company and have deep pockets. And because you've managed your cash well, and now you really want to go into it. We don't know. Stop judging. Don't assume. And so I, I we have for years had al always loved to put the financing links on the website. So that way customers without having to have that, you know, with the pride thing coming up, could click on the link get pre-approved, the, the contractor gets a pre-approval amount ahead of time. I always liked the idea of that. The thing I struggled with was it then put could potentially put you in the mindset of selling to that number, which is not selling to what the customer needs. So at some point though, it's not in your hands, Chuck, it's not in our hands, it's in the contractor's hands and how they do business. But I do yeah. believe like when you get that pre-approval amount, and you send a sales guy out there, you guarantee that's what that's what they're thinking. And they're not thinking about like the bigger picture because you're right. They could have used their Amex. They could have wrote a check. We don't know. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm thinking about it more along the lines of if I'm a CSR and I've got a customer who I can tell is stressed, I want to let them know that, hey, we're going to come out to the house. We're going to try to fix it. In the event you need a new air conditioner, we have some really, really you know, easy, affordable finance options. I think that's a way to kind of reduce that anxiety and get that conversation started before it's monthly payment time. So, right, right. Um, Chris, did you have anything else? I don't, man. Actually, I'm really glad that we went through this. Um, I'm actually, 
man, I feel like I want to have a, a side conversation with you, Chuck, afterwards about a little bit more of a, um, like, I think that we probably just scratched the surface on what's actually in that brain and what's actually, the, what the yeah. offering is. And so um, I want to have that side, that's that same, like a side conversation about to see like, what's more, what can I explore more? What can I understand more for our customers? But also if you wouldn't mind sharing, what's the best way for our listeners, if they want to connect with you or with someone on your team, can you share some of that contact information so they can get a hold, so they can uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm, uh, for those that know me, I know some people are going to listen to this call that know me. I, I, you know, I'm a big firm believer tomorrow never comes. I, I, I really uh, genuinely care about this home improvement industry. That's all I've ever known. Um, and for those of you that I train their companies personally and work with, I like to see people succeed. And I think as we navigate through these times, the, 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 well, the old cream is going to rise to the crop. I was talking with uh, someone this morning and they're saying, well, man, I'm, I'm just staying positive. You have to stay positive right now because as we navigate this, we will get through these times. Um, we want to get through these times with you sitting back, sitting on your thumbs, waiting for things to happen. It's not going to happen. We have to get out there. We have to be more aggressive, whether that be with our brand or whether that be in going, go get the deal. Don't wait for the deal to come get you. Some of you in the car are in colder climates. Don't wait for it to turn 80 to 90 degrees. Yes, in the South, HVAC companies are doing a lot better. I want you to go out there, be proactive, and let the customers know, let's get things done now so you don't have to get in line when we are busy. So you want to make sure that you're going and getting and taking the business. And I want that to really stick in and think about it when you get off this call on what you can do differently. But here at Service Finance, we're here to help. So I want you to use this email address. It's sales, S-A-L-E-S, at S-V-C. FIN.com. That's sales at SVCFIN.com. If you want to get started with service finance, you can just put in a subject line. Uh, would like to get started. Can someone please reach out to me? And someone will reach out to you directly. I'm also going to give you my personal email address because, again, I love what I do. The only difference is Chuck, C H U C K at SVC. FIN.com. Even if it's one to just have, hey, I heard what you said. I want to kind of dig in your brain and see what I can do differently. I want to help. So please, please reach out to the sales at SVCFIN.com uh, email if you want to get started or next steps. And if you have some personal questions for me on how to help or a situation you ran into last night, and if there's anything I would do differently, I am more than happy to help. So, uh, Chris, Paul, absolutely. Reach out. I love it. There's nothing else to do. I don't want to stare more at the walls. I want to work. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't lack passion, brother. I can, I'm, I love listening to somebody who speaks passionately because it gets me excited even if I didn't care about it with this situation. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. And what we'll also do is share that contact info when we post this podcast. Uh, but I appreciate you, man, taking the time, um, sharing your knowledge. Like I said, I know we only scratch the surface, and it's great because a lot of our listeners certainly – can use you. I know we have mutual customers between the two of us that have been extremely successful utilizing service finance and some of our partners as well. So thank you, man, for making the time. And I will tell you what, I'm going to leave you with this challenge because this is something that we, we have a, we have a heart for giving back to the community as well, giving back to the industry as a whole. So we created this thing called the heart for home services challenge. So now I'm going to challenge you brother 
to do something good within your community, within your, with your peers, with just something, because we're blessed to be in this opportunity, you know, to be an essential business. And there's a lot that aren't. So this is our opportunity to give back, man. So I'm going to challenge your heart for home services, but thanks man for hopping on the show. Absolutely. Um, man, I, I, again, I'm so excited about it. Um, I know that, that we'll have another dialogue after this, but uh, for all of our listeners, hopefully you guys had some good, you guys and gals had some uh, really good tactical takeaways. I know I did. I took a ton of notes on my paper that I'm holding up um, of things that I believe that we can do to help our customers more based on things that Chuck said. So appreciate it, man. Paul, we'll see you, brother. Listeners, thanks again for listening. Until next time, peace. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.